Welcome to this episode of the Life, Liberty, and Pursuit of Happiness Project podcast. This is part three of our interview with Mike and Lindsay Jenkins of the Elusive Follow-Through. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I really suggest that you do so. During this episode, we'll learn more about the Elusive Follow-Through, talk about self-care, being an empath, and much more. So what you've referred a couple times to, to the elusive follow through, what uh, what type of content have you do you have there so far? So I got a lot about minimalism. That's one of the things that I really tried to start to do it in the beginning. I tried to teach minimalism because for me, um, one of the things I think that triggers my depression is if there's just a ton of stuff. So like it's if there's a ton of stuff on my calendar or if there's a ton of stuff in my surroundings. Like I have to have simplicity. I have to feel like everything's manageable or else I get overwhelmed and then I just start to kind of like lose it. And I can, I was telling Mike yesterday that I've gotten to a point now where I can feel, I can feel if it's coming on and I know that I'm gonna shut down. And um, so the minimalism was the thing that I started trying to push but then I realized, you know, well, there's so much more to it. Um, it's about health. It's about, um, you know, finding that me time. It's about how to get your family to help around the house. So, like I, you know, like we were talking about earlier, I am kind of trying to evolve into something a little more specific. But there's a lot on there about my own journey with depression. Um, there's one particular post about. Um, some suicidal things that I had happen in, in, um, as a teenager, um, you know, and then um, some postpartum stuff that I had felt. I put a lot out there. Like I said earlier, I feel like it needs to be talked about more because mm-hmm. it's just not talked about enough. And people feel alone, like they have nowhere to turn to. Um, so there's a lot on there about relationships and about your home and... Um, we do some fun stuff. We do. The podcast. Would you where, rather questions? Yeah, the podcast is where the fun stuff happens. But I'm mostly talking about the blog on the actual oh, website. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was looking at your pretty face. I was distracted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, the podcast is where the fun stuff happens, where we talk about, you know, we have a lot of laughs and yeah. share stories about being parents and marriage and that kind of thing. If you to it forgive us for the first episode it's not the best <laughs> well that's when you're getting your feet wet you know trying to yeah. figure it out when you, we pitched the whole meal prep which is a thing. course i'm offering yeah there are a couple courses that i'm offering about um, minimalization minimizing your home um, how to get your family to help um and then the grocery savings the budgeting course so and what kind of responses we had with those None. <laughs> but that's because I'm not a marketer. I'm an accountant. <laughs> yeah. so I have to hire a marketer. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. I'm not a marketer either. Yeah. Like I even had a free course and I tried to push it and nobody, nobody got it. It's a free course. 
I can't even sell something that's free, Gert. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. Um, I really appreciated um, your blog, and, and I've listened to, I'll be honest, I've listened to most of the episodes of your podcast. I, I think there's a couple <laughs> that I skipped because I was like, okay, this isn't really relevant to me right now. Um, sure. that kind of thing uh, but uh, I really appreciate uh, the the openness and the honesty um, that you you bring um, in your blog um, I remember reading uh, that, that one post um, where you, you did talk about the um, your struggles with depression um, and how that had gotten to the point of um, you know being suicidal and my, my heart went out to you reading that um, because I mean, we've been friends for so long and, and, you know, you were one of my best friends back in high school and, and just, I, I felt bad at the same time. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible friend because I didn't know things were that bad. Like I knew you were, you know, had some challenges with depression and things, but I had no idea things were that bad. And, um, to be honest, I don't know how I would have responded if I had known at that, at that age, because um, I obviously we all grow as we get older. Um, and I think I'm, as most people would be, um, a lot better equipped to deal with that nowadays than yeah. I would have been as a teenager. Um, but there's a part of me that's going, I didn't know. I feel so bad. Well, you're, you, nobody knew. You get good at hiding stuff like that. Sure, sure. And I, that's the way I had to remind myself. Yeah. You know, because I was going, I was a horrible friend because I didn't know. No. And then, then I reminded no. myself, yeah, nobody knew. You, you, you. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, that, like I said, I really appreciate that, that openness, that honesty, because um, like we mentioned earlier, um, that helps to dispel the stigma and helps to bring it out into the open so that people do know that that is a struggle and it is i i, I hesitate to use the word normal but it's common um it is it's a common thing yeah most of the women that that have been significant in my life in one way or another um whether it's been romantically or um good good friends um have struggled with with depression um, unfortunately yeah. for many of them, it's also been, um, it's been, I don't want to say paired with or caused by, cause I, I don't want to try and get that specific with it, but many of them have also dealt with, with abuse. Um, and mm -hmm. it just, it horrifies me, the things that so many people have gone through, um, yeah. and, and the continue, they continue to deal with, with mental health concerns. Yeah. I think those are the kinds of things that I've been fortunate that I've never dealt with abuse by any means, but I know that those kinds of things can trigger depression to come on where it might not have normally come on. And it's interesting that you say women because, of course, men are affected by depression. There are many men who have it, but there are many more women that have it. And I think it's because we naturally feel like we need to take on the weight of the world and we need to do all the things perfectly and we need to make sure that, you know, like Mike said, you know, we need to manage everything. And it can get overwhelming to the point where you're like, I can't do this anymore. It's too big of a burden to bear. 
And so a lot of women tend to just naturally, I think, you know, are afflicted by that because of our tendency to want to f do everything. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I think, I can't remember the exact quote right now, um, but I remember a quote that uh, I heard a couple years ago, I think about, I think it was about crises in general, um, specifically mental health concerns. Um, but I think it definitely applies to depression. But basically it's that um, the demands simply outweighed our resources. Yep. Um, I think that plays a big part for a lot of people. And that's why that self-care is so important because I heard this analogy once where um, women are like vases, like a, a tall glass vase. And we tend to like feel like we need to move the vase around so that we can spill a little water out here to help people and a little water over here to help people. But the more you spin around and move your vase, it's gonna, t it's gonna fall and break. And so the important thing is to just constantly be filling up your vase with the water because eventually all the water will come up to the top of the vase and it'll just overflow and water everything else around it. And um, so it's, I mean, it's a good analogy to think about. And this could apply to anyone, not just women or, you know, men or whatever with depression, but anyone. I think the more you are willing to put into your own vase, the more help you want to give yourself, then it'll eventually overflow and water everyone else around it. That's an interesting analogy. I don't think I've heard that one before, but I, I can see that. Um, another thing that I think may be connected, and I'm no mental health professional by any means. Yeah, neither am uh, I. <laughs> uh, but I think that there's a connection between empathy and depression. Um, yes. I, I, I see those who people who are more empathetic tend to experience depression more than those who are maybe not so empathetic. I agree. <laughs> I agree fully. I'm definitely an Maybe empath. That's my problem. <laughs> no. You're fine. <laughs> I'm definitely an empath. And I think that's because we take on everyone else's um, feelings, everyone else. You know, and my daughter also is an empath. And people who have troubles tend to be drawn to her. Um, they're drawn to me as well because they feel they can sense that safe zone and it's safe for them but for us it tends to get a little scary sometimes because we take their problems on as our own and you're right that causes more depression yeah very true i my daughter and i are both empaths and um as empathic as i am i think she's three times as empathic as i am ten times yeah. uh, and i know that's something that she struggles with a lot yeah. And it's hard as a parent to watch that, mm -hmm. you know, but you have to do sometimes, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, I will say though, that that is one thing that um, is a bond between us or helps there to be that bond is because, you know, this is one thing where I kind of know what she's going through. You know, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know a lot of things that she's going through. I've never been a teenage girl. <laughs> um, I've never dealt with some of those issues that she deals with. Um, 
but I can do my best to empathize with her and the fact that she knows that I'm an empathic person um, and empathetic um, definitely helps. You know, it, it's something that we do have in common. Yeah. And I'm sure she gets the strength from that too. Hope so. Um, so what kind of things do you do for self-care? Hang out with this guy. <laughs> Hello! Is that, is that really self-care? <laughs> Actually. <laughs> no, I love to, I, I love to snuggle on the couch. I always, every time he comes home from work, I'm like, come on, let's go snuggle. We're going to go watch. We just finished watching um the falcon what was it the the winter soldier the falcon and the winter soldier series and we'll go through series together we watched my girl our new girl and some other ones that we watched together but just sitting on the couch being by him i think i kind of feed off of his strength in a way i kind of feed off of his calm and that's helpful for me Mm -hmm. um, other things, like I said, the running, and, it, and it's changed from stage to stage. You know, as I've evolved as a mom, my self-care has also evolved. When the kids were little, it was getting away. It was doing that running. There have been other things where it's there's been scrapbooking or other crafts. Um, then it was going to school, which actually doesn't seem like self-care because <laughs> it's school. But I love school. I love learning and I love being a student. And so that was kind of self-care for, for a long time. And I got very involved in school. I was in leadership positions and stuff like that. So it was nice for me to feel like I was contributing. Um, I don't know, what are your self-care? He likes to work on his garage. Yeah, that's meditation in some ways. Um, speakers. Yeah, I like to... I like to work out and lift weights. Um, I do find calm and working in the garage and putting something together, you know, or figuring out something, you know, if I'm troubleshooting something. Um, cooking, mm -hmm. I like cooking, um, things like that. But I think the biggest thing that helps me center myself is helping other people. I'm definitely a service oriented person. Um, I know sometimes it drives Lindsay nuts when I've got five things in the garage and three people's cars that aren't mine in the driveway and someone's like, hey, can you come help? I'm like, sure. I'm like, finish your project first. <laughs> you can't finish that one first? <laughs> but yeah, that's, I mean, for the self-care bit, I mean, I've got uh, a few close friends that I can, you know, confide in and talk to. Um, definitely debriefing at the end of the day with Lindsay, um, bouncing ideas off, working on stuff with Lindsay is always fun. Yeah, we're remodeling our house. That's been some fun mm -hmm. self-care. Mm -hmm. Except that it's taken She's forever. my little Joanna Gaines. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm her... Chip. <laughs> Demo <Yeah>. day. <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's... Those are the things I do to hit my reset button is, mm -hmm. you know, just make progress in something. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I, I remember you being a good cook, Mike. I knew that about you. I've oh, known that you. about you for years. Um, one thing I didn't know um, is that um, 
you're so service oriented. Um, I, 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 I've kind of seen hints of that um, through social media, but I never really thought about it much. Um, Lindsay doesn't post about you too much on social media. But yeah, how, how does serving others, um, you said it, it kind of helps you um, with, it's almost a form of self-care for you, but mm -hmm. what, what other things have you seen uh, service do or how has it impacted um, yourselves as well as other people? Well, for me, I mean, I've been told and I, you know, since recognized it is that it, it sets a good example for my kids, um, for me to be that way. And I think the biggest thing is that it gives me a sense of accomplishment. You know, when if someone needs help and I'm able to give it to them um, or provide them with something that they couldn't have done on their own. But the biggest thing is like teaching someone how to do whatever they can't do. You know, that if they need help moving a piano or something, I don't expect them, now come here, let me show you how I do it, you know? <laughs> Nothing like that, but if, you know, if they have a leak in their house or something mechanical, you know, I try to talk them through it versus just doing it for them. Because I really do, I don't know, take pride in helping people by teaching people. Well, and, and you've taught our kids like he mentioned, it rubs off on our kids. Dallin and I walked, I walked, he ran uh, a race yesterday. I did a 5K and he did a 10K. And um, while when we were leaving, there were some people with their hood up on their car and they were trying to figure out something. And Dallin's first instinct at 18 years old is to go over and see if there's anything he can do to help. And that's just, that's the example that all of our kids have seen and I personally have seen, I mean, I've always tried to be kind of a giving person, but being married to Mike has really um, changed me in a way to be more um, outwardly minded, you know, and trying to, to see how we can help other people. He's way better at it than I am because I think it comes to him naturally, but for me, it's a little more forced, but it, because of him being that way, <clears throat> it's come to our kids naturally too. And it's nice to see our kids thinking about others other than themselves and it gives them an opportunity to see wow you know they're they've got struggles and maybe my struggles aren't as bad as i thought they were because you know it gives them an opportunity to see that life isn't you know when you're a teenager life's so horrible but that gives them an opportunity to see that life is actually pretty great one of the uh, one of my most memorable experiences from when I was younger, I don't know exactly how old, but I remember my dad, when he was physically able, um, would take me to service projects all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the time it was helping people move. Um, but you know, different things. Um, but I remember one time we were at a service project we've been helping someone move and we'd gotten done with the move and um the person that that the dad of the family came and 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 was was thanking everyone for helping 
and I remember uh, one person um, who is one of my favorite people in the whole world, um, Paul Hyde. Mm -hmm. I remember him when the dad thanked him. Um, he turned around and said, "No, thank you for the opportunity to serve." Mm -hmm. And that made an impression on me that has stuck with me my entire life. It's probably been 30 years since then. Um, maybe not quite that, but it seems like it has been. Mm -hmm. um, that that service-oriented heart, that people heart, or ser servant's heart. There we go. Yeah. Having that desire to serve others and help them. Um, and looking at service as an opportunity, looking yeah. at, at, at it in that way, just it made such an impression on me. I agree. And I wish more people thought that way because our earth, our country would be so much better, you know, so much better if, if everyone thought, how can I bless somebody's life today instead of how can somebody bless my life today? You know, if there was less of that and more of the how can I bless others, I think it would be so much, such a better place to be. You know, the odd part, the backside of that is like, I have no problem helping anybody but when i need help He's the, man he that ask. drives me nuts i can't stand <laughs> it i don't want help and it's not that i don't need it because sometimes i do need it um i just don't i don't know it's weird because i have no problems giving service and helping people even if it takes a long time but i don't want to bother anyone you know to give their time to me. I feel like their time is more valuable. Go do something else, you know? It's weird that way. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I totally see where you're coming from with that. Um, and I feel like that kind of ties into what I was just sharing that, that Paul Hyde had said, which was, mm -hmm. thank you for letting us serve. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's part of why he said that was because he knows that sometimes it is hard for people to ask and to let someone help. So that that's an interesting connection there, Mike. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Good job. <laughs> um, what's next? What's next for the blog or for us? Or? Yeah, hopefully the above. What? Pick it, you know, whatever. Hopefully passing the CPA exams. Yes. CPA exams, kids moved out. <laughs> um, she's my sugar mama, I can quit. Um, and we've got a thousand projects to take yeah. care of. We have a bus, mm -hmm. Mike's fixing up and we would love to, you know, put this house up for rent and travel in our bus. And there's so much, you know, we've got a good, what, 50 years ahead of us, right? Easy. At least. <laughs> if I die. <laughs> so we've got lots of plans. Lots of fun things up in the works. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and so what about with the illicit follow through? <sighs> well, like I said, I mean, I was, I would love to be able to get it, you know, going up again. It's hard when you work, you know, I work full time and I'm a tax accountant, and so there's what we have we call busy season, sure. and it's tax season, and which 
is usually just from January to April, but for me, I work on partnerships, and so typically they extend, um, and so then in the fall, I have another busy season. And um, I'm lucky that I'm on a part-time schedule, but even on an 80% schedule, I'm expected to work an average of 44 billable hours every week on 80%. And that's just the billables. That doesn't include the internal meetings and all of that kind of thing. So when you're full time, that busy season, you're working anywhere between 60 to 80 hours every week. And so it's hard to fit in the time to try and pass the CPA exams or work on the blog or, you know, but with the blog, what I've done is I'll wake up at like 4.30 in the morning and um, I have a routine that I follow in the mornings, and then I use that time to kind of, you know, try and figure out um, what I'm gonna do. So my hope is after this interview and after, you know, the evolution that we talked about earlier and, and kind of honing in on what I'm trying to do, my hope is to, to pick it up again and, and develop the, finish, finish the, the courses and, and just post more on social media and just really try and get the word out. If nothing else, just to help others, not even necessarily to make money on it. But mm -hmm. even if it's even if I can just help somebody avoid some of the pitfalls that I fell into. And like you mentioned earlier, you know, I'm not claiming to be any kind of mental health person. The, f the first piece of advice I would give anybody is go see a doctor, you know talk about medication, go see a therapist, you know, whatever you need to do. But here are some things that I have found over the last 21 years of being a mom that have helped me learn how to cope and learn how to accomplish the things that I have accomplished. Because it hasn't been easy, you know, running a marathon, running a half marathon or getting your master's, or your bachelor's while your kids are little. These are not easy things for anyone. And then when you add on depression, which makes things even harder, um, you know, there are a lot of things that I've had to learn mm -hmm. over the years on how to be able to do those and get those things done. So that's what I'm hoping to share with others. What about you? It's long for the ride. <laughs> it's been a fun ride. I get to hang out, that's it. <laughs> He's my arm candy. Yeah, we don't want to have a <laughs> podcast about diesel mechanics. <laughs> you know, actually, I I am not a mechanical type guy. I, I I'm a I'm the type of person who prefers to work behind a computer or um, that kind of thing rather than working with my hands. You know, I it's just not my thing. But I do enjoy hearing about um, experiences. I remember you, you mentioned you know that you work as a diesel mechanic. I knew a guy twenty years ago that was a diesel mechanic, and um, he actually also was from Utah, uh, or was from Utah, I should say, um, since you're not originally from there. But um, anyway, I, I remember he would have stories and, and a lot of times it was, you know, about uh, the different trucks, you know, that he was working on. And, you know, I, there were a few people that 
we were working around that all knew about trucks and you know it kind of got to be a competition you know when we're driving down the road who can first identify the truck you know is it peterbilt is it a, a kenworth oh. you know what what kind of truck is it and you know start reeling off the the specs on it and it, it you know that it develops into stories and and it was not as boring as, as yeah. some might think <laughs> i agree he comes home with some pretty some doozies from work i'm like what there's been some crazy stuff yeah that might be kind of fun yeah you could do an episode every now and then mike about stories <laughs> that you've had yeah. <laughs> stories from the road <laughs> sure yeah stories are interesting i i think stories are a great way to communicate different things um i've got all these different stories that are coming to mind stories and thoughts that are bubbling through and passing through right now that most of them just really aren't relevant so i won't share because um, they're <laughs> not relevant at all um but um uh one thing that I, I will say is i'm reading a book right now and it's a kind of pop science book in the sense that um it's meant for the general public and so there's not a lot of math to it it's just a lot of concepts and stories and um sort of i'm looking for um analogies and that kind of thing rather than the math um but it's interesting because the last couple of chapters have been um, about the, the way the brain works and the role stories have played in developing human civilization and um, yeah. how that's fit in with religion and the way the mind works and all that. And it's, just, it's been really interesting to see um, just how so many things fit together and the importance of stories and of communication and um those sorts of things i agree what's next for you garrett yeah oh goodness um life library proof of happiness project that's that's kind of my my thing right now that i've been putting all of my time and effort into um i have up on my website um, I don't want to turn it as like a sales pitch, but um, I have uh, backing up a little bit, actually, um, you know, the last several years I worked in human resources and um, specifically was safety manager for a company that provides group homes and other services for people with disabilities. Um, as a safety manager, one of the things I was in charge of was our emergency preparedness planning. Um, and so I was writing an emergency preparedness plan for our company to train all the staff on, but then also helping with individual adaptations for different homes, for different people, um, and that sort of thing. So um, that's kind of a thing that I have kind of taken and adapted um and so um on the website i currently have um, some emergency preparedness planning just kind of general stuff as far as um, talking about different disasters and how to prepare for those um 
I'm working on a deluxe version of that with some additional information. Um, I have uh, some t-shirts and other uh, home goods and things um, for sale on the, the website as well. Uh, many of those, they're all branded with the, you know, my logo and everything, but um, a lot of them are kind of fun and pithy quotes um, from people who you know passed on a couple hundred years ago. That way we avoid any problems with copyright or anything like that. Um, <laughs> they can't so, argue. What's that? They can't argue. I didn't say that. <laughs> right. Um, and, but one thing I've really been enjoying is um, I've been cl taking classes uh, for certification as a life coach. And so um, the kind of the purpose and, and mission of the Life, Liberty and Pursuit of Happiness project has been to help people and empower them to build their best lives. Um, and so I feel like taking uh, life coaching and adding that in um, is a perfect fit with that. Yeah. Um, and because of my personal experience um, as a safety manager, emergency preparedness manager for that company, um, you know, one thing I, I want to do is I know there's a lot of people out there that want to be prepared for emergencies and disasters, but they don't know where to start. And so um, I'd really like to kind of pioneer the, the niche of preparedness coaching. Um, that's one niche that I've kind of done some research to see if there's anything like that out there. Um, and I haven't been able to find anything. I found a couple people who are preparedness consultants, um, but that's a little bit different than coaching. And so mm -hmm. um, I'm happy to do both, to do consulting and coaching. Um, but anyway, that's kind of my next thing. That's, that's where I'm headed is um, implementing that coaching and um, as well as the kind of deluxe version of the planning if you just want to buy do-it-yourself planning documents so that's awesome yeah good luck with that oh thank you mm -hmm. hopefully that'll continue to develop and grow and um i'm really enjoying doing the the podcast um slash youtube videos um and and talking to people and seeing how they are building their lives and what they've done to um build their best life and um, how they're continuing to grow as a person and um, the five pillars that i've kind of based the life liberty pursuit of happiness project on are preparedness education advocacy personal development and career development and so um you know it, it's pretty easy i think with just about any interview to touch on at least one of those if not more than one um so you know we spent probably most of our time um i'd put it in the category today of of personal development but also you know there's been some talk about careers and there's been talk about um education and so you know that's that's what i enjoy that that's kind of my passion um is is helping people build their best lives so Awesome. Well, I'm glad we could be a part of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad you guys could make the time. I know you guys are both very busy. Well, we'll make time for people like you. <laughs> we make time for good friends. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Yeah, but thank you for the chance. This, oh, yeah. It's, it's good to talk. 
Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Been too long. It has. It has been. Yeah. We need to catch up, you and me and Sarah and Sarah and Martin and everybody. It's funny that, did you know that when we were in Bend, it was almost two years ago, I think, but the girls and I just decided to head to Salem for a day and we were going to Wallerys for lunch and Garrett and his daughter just happened to be driving through the parking lot right as we were walking oh, into yeah. Wallerys. You mentioned that to me. Yeah, and, and it was like, what? You know, <laughs> so we got That's a chance awesome. to visit for a little bit. And yeah. A little bit serendipity. Fun. Yep. Nice. All right. Well, I know I am a get up early kind of person anymore because of having a daughter, my ex-wife did not like getting up early so i kind of took on that early riser role that's nice it's it stuck with me <laughs> uh even my daughter's a teenager now it's it's stuck with me I, i'm an early person but i know you guys have to get up even earlier than i do uh and not only that you're an hour ahead of me so uh, <laughs> i will will let you go but um if you'd remind our listeners where they can uh find you if they yes. uh, look into Please, yes. More. Please go to the elusive followthrough.com. I'm not going to spell it again because <laughs> that was just. That lame. was fun for me. <laughs> but it's the elusive, elusive, like something that cannot be found. Follow through because it's hard to find your follow through sometimes. And then you can also find me on Instagram, minimal underscore mama underscore Lindsay, L I N D S A Y. I did get some spelling in there. You're amazing. Now, the, now math for us. Math for us. Two plus two is four. There it is. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I know. What? Major good math there. And then uh, the elusive follow through on iTunes and uh, Spotify and Google Play. Wherever you find your Wherever podcasts. Wherever you find your podcasts. And then um, on Facebook, the elusive follow through. Cool. cool. So. Thanks, Garrett. Yeah, my pleasure, Lindsay. Thank you, and Mike. I have to tell you one story real quick that just popped back into my head. So follow through has always been a struggle for me as well. I think I mentioned that earlier. But I remember going to a training one time, and uh, this was when I was on my mission in Kentucky, or maybe I was in Ohio at the time. I think I was in Kentucky, though. And there was one of the guys who was doing a training and he was very different than most of the other people we were working with. Um, He was trying to think how to put this. Um, He just, he had a very different personality and just, he, he was not a, uh, not a typical guy, Um, even less typical than I am. Um, Because I'm not your average guy, but he he was, I'm much more normal of a guy than he was. But um, he did a training one time on following up or following through. Uh And he likened it to um, hair dye. And I I don't (laughs) remember exactly how he did it. I think it was something like... um, you know hair dye like the longer you leave it in the better it sets and the better it colors the hair Mm -hmm. um and and he was 
basically saying, you know, if you follow up with people, if you follow up on what you're doing, then that's the equivalent of letting the hair dye set in. Um, <laughs> anyway, like, I don't remember for sure, but here we are, like, 20, really? 20, 24, two dozen, like, somewhere in there, like, guys who are pretty <laughs> normal guys who've never had their hair dyed, don't really care about <laughs> hair dye. And here's this guy who not only is training about hair dye, he actually demonstrated. He actually did a demonstration and dyed another guy's hair. Wow. And, and we're all just sitting there just watching, going, oh my goodness, what in the world is going on? And why do I care? And it, it was just... It, <laughs> It stuck out. I I will say that I remember it twenty yeah, years later. Yeah, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was the idea. Life lessons. So, yeah, for sure. Um, so going back to stories. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, making interesting stories. You know, the more we can be creative and put things in story form, the more people are going to remember. So, True. Um, hopefully, people will. Um, remember what we talked about and be able to follow <laughs> through on things and uh you know as we we try and build our own stories and and write our own stories through life so i don't think i quite pulled that together like i wanted to but well you know, if nothing i, I talked about the hair dye story yeah i was gonna say if nothing else i'm gonna remember this interview with the hair dye <laughs> yeah. so, perfect all right well on that note <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, of thank course. you. It's been pleasure. Fun. Talk to you later. Right. Bye. 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 Bye.